Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got James Maxwell, we got Ty Lee, and we got you. For the first time, we are live on Periscope. So if you're out there, thanks for watching. Uh, make sure to drop your questions as we go. We'll answer them here and there. But um, yeah, let's just kind of dive into it. Business as normal. Sooners got another win on the planes at Texas Tech. We kind of, some more than others, kind of thought this would be a bit of a spookier affair. Not spooky at all. It was a bit of a blowout. Uh, so, James, your thoughts on uh, that Halloween beatdown? Yeah, it could have been more of an optimal game for what OU wants to do. You know, we want to win the turnover battle, which we won 3-0, to zero, and we want to put up a bunch of points and let Lincoln Riley showcase his offense. And if you're looking at the first half, because whenever it came down the second half, you know, Lincoln is famous for putting his foot off the break. You know, first half, it, we, were, we had 48 points. Easily could have had way more than that, too. There was a point where we were well on the pace man was telling us, oh, man, pace man got us at 120 right now. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, this, with, I was just waiting for some gooners to come up on Twitter like, oh, man, are we going to keep this up and score 100? No, come on. Come on. Come on. Seriously, if we, if we went and scored that much, uh, Mike Lupica would come out of nowhere and just start <laughs> roasting Bob Stoops for inspiring Lincoln Riley to be a horrible sport. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, no, BYU would have done it. As yeah, BYU would have just gone for the jugular. They those Mormons do not care. Um, but first half uh, offensive output has not been matched since two thousand eight. Uh, this is the first time we scored uh, forty eight points and a half since two thousand eight Nebraska. And that's a long ass time ago. Ty, how impressed were you with the offensive output uh, against Texas Tech? Very. It was a. Uh... It was a uh, very impressive. It's what we wanted to see, um, and honestly, it's what. It, granted, it is Texas Tech, but it's what we're capable of this year. Uh, I would expect you know even better things with uh, years to come. But yeah, it was cool to see because you know uh, it, it it was looking rough there for a little bit uh, this season. Yeah, and uh, obviously the biggest point offensively that changed in this game we got Ramondre Stevenson back the juggernaut returned Ty you and I absolutely loved Ramondre last year um how has he improved since his uh debut season for the Sooners I mean I I don't know if we can talk about how he's improved I don't know if we have enough data there I can we can definitely talk about what he's done for the team uh and that's the fact that he has uh, like 40 and almost 60 pounds respectively on the other two running backs that get major snaps. And that is huge. Like we saw down in those short yardage, you know, just downhill power runs, having someone that can go out there and run people over. Not that the other guys don't try, but like if you're a, you know, a 190 pound running back running into a 230 pound linebacker, you know, there's only so much you can do uh, before it it becomes irrelevant. But it's I think he is a huge asset to the team. Obviously, we saw it here today or or uh, this week with three touchdowns and uh, you know leading in carries. But I think it'll be really important in uh, closer games. Absolutely, Jameson. After one game, are you how are you feeling about Dre? Is he the lead guy here? It, yeah, he's got to be the lead guy after this week. And the big thing is with with this is, 
Yeah, TJ Pledger was coming on here the past couple games, especially since Texas um, with the running game. But still, I didn't feel like our run game was deadly. I didn't feel like it was a past OU run game. You know, especially our offensive line was getting a little bit better as well. Ramondre Stevenson back, all OU fans feel way more comfortable in our run game. And actually, I can open up the pass game even more now. And I really do like Seth McGowan. I feel like he's played really well for what he's been put into his role as a true freshman. But in all honesty, he should he should not be a number one running back um, on this team. As a number two, number three running back, change of pace, um, get him a couple carries, that's great. But if we're wanting to be a top-tier team, I understand we have two losses – we need a guy like Ramondre. He brings us to the next level of this offense is now completely open. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, the guy as, as much as I've, as I've liked pleasure, it, it, it's just a different level. You know, that guy is a big time running back. Um, I'm talking, I, I honestly think he could be a situational type guy in the NFL, even if he keeps up this development. Uh, Cause the guy I mean, sure, he was great last year, but he was always like kind of a weird situational back for the Sooners. He looks way more complete. The 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 way he runs, you know, is just so it's this weird level of methodical and powerful. Because he, he just, I, yeah. just knows how to run really, really well. And I know that's just a kind of a lame way to describe it, but he, you can you can tell his instincts as a running back have improved. And I, I shout think, out to DeMarco for that one. Tiger. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, sorry, I kept, uh, I might have a little lag. I wasn't trying to step on your toes. Um, I think his, uh, I think his conditioning is improved. He looks leaner for sure than he did last year. Um, but, uh, but in a good way, cause he looks quicker too with his, uh, um, you know, directional moves and everything else. He, he looks a lot sharper, a lot leaner, uh, and, and a little bit more developed, which I guess is a question that you asked me. And I know, I know a lot of people saw this and I don't want to just beat the horn. Just like everybody, you know, just talks about the same thing, but Reggie Bush said he reminds him of Lindale white. Like that's a big time. That's one of the best college football running backs of all time. I understand that he has kind of a lot of controversy. goes from the Reggie Bush is really good in college comparing him to his teammate of Lindale white. That, I under, and I understand we only pretty much have a half of football to compare that to. And, you know, David Montgomery got compared to every single running back star in the NFL whenever he was coming out of college. But that's still – that's something. That is a big-time thing for us moving forward. And it's only going to make his stock go higher, and I would not be even surprised if this floats him right into an NFL draft pick. You know, these suspended guys, especially Ronnie Perkins, um, you know, it's going to take a hit on their draft stock. But if there's one way to just act like nothing happened is put three touchdowns and a half. And that's what he did. And that's why Ramondre is probably not going to have any problem with the suspension in his draft stock. Because if he's going to put up numbers like this, it won't matter. It doesn't matter how much sample size you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because again, the guy looks, the guy looks incredible next level type of back. Um, and that, that was my thing before he, before he was, uh, before he came back, I'm like, you know what, how much does Ramondre really boost us? Cause I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if he was a number one type back. I'm look, I know only half mm-hmm. one half against a bad Texas tech team. I'm in, I'm mm-hmm. all the way in maybe a little bit overreactionary, mm-hmm. but we might no. need to move. We're, 
We're getting into memeable territory here. No, he is the number one running back on this team. What are you saying? That oh, yeah, he's also, saying he's also like is 32 years old. Like, of course, he's done the number one running back. Well, no, he's literally I, been playing football longer than like McGowan has been alive. I, I'm saying the the level the college level the level of play is significant. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that before the season, but I'm really happy to have him out there. You lost me that next level running back consistently. I don't know about that. He's I mean, like, he's like if you had like a, a faster, but also better at throwing Sam Ellinger, but only played him at running back. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not saying Ramondre's. You know, like DeAndre Swift, Clyde edwards hilaire that type. You know, top of the draft pick. I'm not saying that, but he's going to be like a fifth round, sixth round guy. You know, that comes in as yeah, a number no. two, number three running back. I mean, think of it for the Chargers right now. Um, Josh Kelly, that kind of style, a big guy that comes in short yardage, third down, one goal line kind of guy. That is a huge role in the NFL because all. You know, most running backs in the NFL, their number ones are kind of all purpose. You know, they can catch the ball, they can run the ball three downs, and then you want a bigger bruiser coming in. And, and that, I'm telling you, he's going to have a role in an NFL team if he keeps us up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about some other aspects of the OU offense, uh, leading with the main man. Everyone likes to talk about Radler. Another great performance from uh, Spencer 21 for 30, 288 yards. Two touchdowns, 90 uh, QBR. Just another day at, at the office for Spencer. He really looks like he's easing into the offense, really looks like he's getting a hold of being the guy. Jameson, how impressed were you with uh, Spencer? He's looking way more comfortable. He's coming into his element, and this is what we said. You know, it's going to take a little while for this guy to come in. It's starting his first college football games, and the, the throws he makes, the touch that he has, I said this last week with TCU, he's just showing it time and time again. And he would have done even better. We had a plethora of drops. That is honestly the, the biggest theme of our wide receiver and tight end room this year is his drops. Marvin Mims finally looked human. You know, I think um, I saw uh, Stogner have another drop. Rattler, he's came into his element. He's starting to play like he needs to be as an OU quarterback. And you got to count your blessings because we realize that we've got this guy for like more years to come rather than just one year like we've had in the past. Absolutely. Ty, how'd you uh, like Spencer on Saturday? Yeah, I, to echo uh, Jameson's point is his stats should have been better. Um, he had some some drops that were not on him. Um, and, and, you know, that's just something that, that you're never – going to get out of really, especially with the the quality overall of receiving core that we have right now. Not that it's necessarily bad, but it's, you know, we don't have a Heisman finalist wide receiver out here right now. We have one that maybe will develop into one, but he's, he's done really well. And, and I really liked what I was seeing. Um, caveated again, like I did last week though, he got to throw a lot of what he likes to throw. Um, so it's, I would. I look forward to seeing him in a situation now in the season where we think he's developed, where he doesn't get to throw hero plays all the time. Maybe. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. A more, a more methodical, slower pace type of game uh, would be very interesting yeah. to see, him pl- uh, see how that plays out. Uh, speaking of receivers, like we said, Marvin Mims, not an impressive game. It wasn't bad per se, 60 yards, still solid, but you know, that drop is just brutal. However, 
Theo Weiss took another step. Uh, incredible game. Five receptions, 105 yards. Uh, what do you think about Weiss? Is he finally starting to settle into his zone? Or are we just kind of taking each step each week, talking about an ex, uh, a guy taking his step, and then we just talk about him with a little more gusto? Because I feel like we just saw what we saw against Tex, uh, TCU, but at that next level with Weiss. Jameson? Yeah. 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 I mean, he had that one play where he got up the sideline, ran the edge for a little bit for about 48 yards. I was like, you know, that was a good play. Um, and like I said in the past, Spencer Rattler said he had to get the ball to him more. Um, he's the most talented, um, one of the most talented guys in that wide receiving crew. And here's the, like I said this last, um, last week, I just don't think that we have a number one guy and it's just, we keep on drawing straws over and over. Like, where's our number one guy? Let's look at the box score this week. Let's try to find it. You don't have to, if your passing game is working and right now it's working, there's nothing wrong with it. So do we need a number one guy? No, we don't. We just need production. As long as we keep it up, I have no problem at all with seeing Weiss with, you know, a 100-yard game one week and then having 30 the next week. And when you know Stockner's got 100, you know, next week the Mims has 100. No, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Yeah. I, I for one, like the wide receiver by committee group. I mean, that's why it's called a wide receiver core. You know, you can't just focus on one guy or else the whole thing kind of falls apart. Um, Baker we, we, yeah, we, we, we've seen that as an issue with OU. Mm. Um, uh, particularly, I, I, I look at mainly that Orange Bowl uh, against Alabama, uh, where I thought, you know, when when Brown wasn't at his highest level, we kind of struggled until uh, Charleston Rambo broke out. Um, speaking of Rambo, did not appear in this game due to, I don't know. I, COVID. I, it's, COVID. <laughs> it's COVID. Um, <laughs> it, really is, it really is COVID. Him and Turner Yell. Yeah. And not having DT, DTY out there was another story. Um, and I want to get into the defense, but before we leave, are we? let's just give the uh, game ball to Ramondre, I think. That's just a no-brainer. You know, yeah. Three touchdowns. <laughs> three touchdowns. The man deserves his game ball. So... Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, And then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the schooner pod. Um, we started talking Did you say about- game ball or game bowl? Game... <laughs> 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 the audience heard that one. Uh, anyways, um, all right. So we started talking about um, the guy who had too many game balls uh, on offense. Let's talk about the guy who had too many game balls on defense, but certainly deserves doesn't deserve the game ball fully this game, but made a massive impact. Ronnie Perkins returned. And that man caused so much havoc on that defensive line. Uh, And as much as that D line was improved and looked great uh, with Perry on Winfrey and crew, uh, 
Perkins just puts them to a totally different level. Jameson, what did you see out of Perkins that uh, really caught your eye? The biggest thing was I saw the want to from him. He was hungry. He wanted to get back in the in playing well. He, you know, he's defensive end. There was one play Texas Tech um, had a long play, and he came back, sprinted up, and got him from behind. You don't see that that often. You really don't from a defensive lineman. And he, he's got that want to. He hasn't played in a while. And we really need that um, because we do need kind of more star power on this defense. I understand the D-line has been exceptional, by far the best position stock-wise on our team, but on the defense in general, definitely the defensive line. And, you know, if Isaiah Thomas can find himself a role, you know, if moving inside a little bit or kind of um, having a one-two punch with him and Ronnie Perkins, this D-line is going to get scary. It's going to get really scary. Yeah, I, I mean, Perkins was just so explosive. Not not just as, as an athlete, you know, we have another guy out there that, you know, can really, at that size, can chase someone down like that. But um, just seeing him break through the line, uh, disrupting plays, um, on one of the big interceptions, he took out the running back, like, in an instant, definitely causing havoc in the backfield. That is exactly what you need because – Alex Grinch's defense doesn't work if you just sit back there and, you know, hope your guys, you know, uh, can create something in coverage. You need chaos. You need madness. That's how you get turnovers. Um, so, Ty, how much how much did you like seeing the turnovers? Obviously, you know, you like it because that's what you want out of an OU <laughs> offense. But um, what did you see out of OU's defense um, this game? that created more turnovers, that created more havoc. And uh, what do you, what do you think? I don't, so I, I think I have three takes. One is that uh, Perkins coming back was huge. Um, obviously he had, I think a more significant impact than, than anyone else. Cause those touchdowns that Stevenson had, you know, no disrespect to him, but we would have gotten them either way. Like they were, it was it was certain that we were going to score one way or another with with those downs, uh, but his his impact was huge because it looked like you know our our play calling was excellent on the defense as a whole, um, but previously we just hadn't had any pressure unless we sent almost everyone, and now this really opens up his his effort and his level of play. I will say his conditioning also looked awesome. Um, especially for him. So, I mean, I, I guess we know what they were doing when they couldn't practice. Um, the interceptions, the turnovers, awesome to see. I didn't really feel like we were necessarily creating them. We were getting a lot of tips, and it, it you know, it, at least two of the interceptions were things that maybe wouldn't have been interceptions with a better quarterback or with a better receiver. Uh, regardless of what the secondary did. I, I called them Zach Sanchez interceptions, where you have someone just chilling out, kind of zoned out, and then the ball lands in their hands uh, because that's kind of what happened. Um, and then the third point on the defense, uh, Buki counter as normal. He's returned to his, his usual position. He is tied for 15th on the defense this week in tackles, uh, a position that he is sharing this week with uh, Spencer Rattler. So... Rattler and Buki, both 15th on the defense in number of tackles and effectiveness. So good on them. Those are our two stars, apparently. Hey, I'll say this about Buki, though. <laughs> what we asked for him last week was you don't want to 
you, you don't want to notice him. You don't want to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we, we, we that was the lowest amount of damn it bookies I've ever said during a game since he's been yeah. at it. He he played his role. He did fine. Didn't cause anything. Um, but Jameson, I gotta ask. At, you know, talking about those, I guess, kind of Zach Sanchez. Oops, look, I found a uh, football interceptions. <laughs> do you think that applies for Norwood, or do you think he uh, just played well? You yeah. cannot you cannot run the tapes back and tell me anything but that ball just landed in his hands while he was five yards away from anyone else. I mean, it he was, was just chilling there on both like picks. Sometimes you got to be lucky and good. But Jameson, what do you think? <laughs> it am I just crazy? But I don't think Norwood got a tackle the whole game, but he got two interceptions. I I, exactly. I never. Yeah. I never saw anything of Norwood. And like you said earlier, sometimes with DBs, if you don't hear about them, that's a good thing. And those interceptions definitely were off the shoulder pads, bounced up to the sky, almost exactly, exactly the same. Um, one was just the wide receiver wasn't even looking. So did Norwood like overtake, you know, Delaire Turner Yell's spot? No. Is Norwood going to start next game again? Yes, because, you know, um, DTY is out for 14 days. Um, but it's it's what it, the big story of it is. It's not too big of a drop off. It, honestly, it really is. It's a guy that you know that Grinch has really wanted to find a spot in this defense. Um, we couldn't find him a spot there at cornerback. It seems like either it was too crowded or he didn't have that quickness that he used to have post ACL. That's probably what I lean more towards. He lost kind of that quickness that a cornerback needs. Um, and, and I know it's true. It's true. And I ACL really do think that. Jameson recurring segment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it has it really has to be because you know they just moved Woody Washington over to the cornerback to try to get him more snaps. So that's it. Really, that's what it had to be, um, and that was right at the same time. But it it suits him well, and it's definitely a guy that you can trust at the safety. Is he going to give up some stuff? Yeah, Norwood gives up stuff. He he's very famous um, for giving a lot of gap and playing safe. Uh, he's not really the more aggressive type of speed D guy that you're kind of got to go for. But I'm extremely happy with how he played because like you said, Bobby, there was no damn at Norwoods. There was no damn at Bukis. Like I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, it was just a steady defensive uh, performance. Uh, I really was not impressed with Texas tech on offense. I, yeah. I know there, there were some, there are a couple gooners out there. Like we let him, we let him score 28 points. It's way too much. Blah, blah, blah. Like, look, those were garbage. The whole second half was a garbage time situation. I'm not too worried about Texas Tech scoring 14, you know, in the last couple minutes. You know, if we really look at the defense as a whole, that's a great performance. Yeah. There, I, if you look I'll, at it objectively, yeah. I will say this before I forget it, is Trey Brown in that first drive was bad. You know, Exuma or whatever, you know, just bullied him just straight up you know as ty said last week eczema you know <laughs> like, like eczema i i know we keep on talking about medical terms here but like yeah he just like that was the only thing going for them right off the bat you know it was trey brown trey brown trey Brown. it was like it was like the rookie you know like that they're just bullying in the nfl like the backup that got put in that's the guy that's supposed to be you know like our like one of our leaders on our defense coming in you know a guy that can be a fringe late end draft pick I don't know if Jaden Davis should go take over that other spot and Woody Washington, who got the start, got the start at cornerback this week, should play the other end. I think that's the move after the last game. You've got to do something about Trey Brown. Even if you played a good rest of the game, that first drive is unacceptable. Yeah. 
And Woody's been getting better and better, honestly. Every game, I think he's, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't get the explosive plays, but, you know, on a snap-to-snap basis, I feel like he's he's steadier. Uh, he's improving in that spot. So I loved seeing him starting. Ty, were you pumped to see Woody, Woody out there? Yeah, it's. I like to see. We've already had. We already have two losses, and it's like this season is. I you know we still have goals, but this is not a season where we should care too much about anything other than developing our very young guys. I think. I think it's absolutely goofy when we have, uh, you know, old dudes that aren't going to be playing for us next year, that are proven, you know. The, the the lower middle tiers or below average um, out there playing to try to save some, you know, scoring margins or something when we can be developing people that we're going to have for a few years. So, yeah, I'm always excited to see the younger guys out there. Hey, where's your spirit for championship November, man? Like, get excited, you know? Well, I mean, like, if, if, it's, if it's, yeah, but if it's the difference, like, between us winning 62 to 28, or us winning 62 to 21 and because we want to save seven points and play people that are more experienced. You know, I'm not saying, you know, play people that are going to cause us to lose so that they get playing time, but, you know, we need to be playing those people as much as we can. I'm all it would be it. like, it would be like, you know, having a transfer quarterback from Alabama that's terrible and then benching your quarterback that could be developing and is not going to play for you for four years anyways to let some like bum transfer from Bama ruin your season. Okay. <laughs> Hypothetically. That's, that's all hypothetical. <laughs> not specific. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Give the game ball to the defense. I think this is uh, kind of a spiritual or spir- spirited debate because one guy obviously has all the turnovers, but one guy I think made the biggest difference. So I'm going to go ahead and give my defensive game ball to Ronnie Perkins, you know, uh, call it, you know, conditioning, call it. He had more rest, but the guy just was flat out explosive, a pure playmaker on defense. uh, And absolutely, you know, honestly could be this star, the guy that, you know, brings everyone together. That uh, is that solid rock of a player that you need on defense. Uh, maybe you know we've we've been wondering the entire season who that who that guy's going to be who's going to step up take a leadership role and you know why not you know why not Ronnie Perkins because the guy sure as hell goes out there performs at a high level uh, and brings the energy that you need to have if you're going to run a speed D Alex Grinch style defense Jameson am I wrong uh, I was going to say Ronnie Perkins but let's just do something different I'm going to give mine to Buki. <laughs> You know what? Last game, you know, he was really highly rated. And we're like, okay, he had all this stuff, but, you know, we heard his name too much. I don't like that. And then he said, okay, you're not going to hear my name this whole game versus Texas Tech. I have nothing bad to say about Buki. Give me a W for Buki in my book, and I think he should deserve all the praise for that. Good job, Buki. I'm proud of you. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Ty, uh, who – I, yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, I would almost like to go really unconventional, probably bending the rules, uh, and maybe go with Alex Grinch. I really liked what I was seeing 
schematically on the defense. Um, so I kind of want to give it to him. I also kind of want to give it to whoever at Tech decided to play uh, Columbia or what's his name with his 5.8 EDR <laughs> instead of our man, Alan Bowman, who was 100% with a 96 QBR, they could have been playing him the whole game. They forget that they at least sort of keep it close to Bowman play. Uh, I just I was looking for a way to work that in. So I wanted to, to mention it. But yeah, my game ball defensively, I'm going to give it to Grinch. That's, hey, that's fair. I, I got to say with Columbia, that's a pretty bad performance. When your, QBRs, when your QBR is lower than your backup quarterback's amount of punctured lungs, that's pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> there's, there's the joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's just that's also just not to toot my own horn, but can we go back to Ty's previous week analysis of what Texas Tech was and how it was absolutely spot on? Three legged dog in a ghost costume. One lung is collapsed. The other lung has broken. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta say that. This is the last time I disagree with uh, you know someone who watches Texas Tech and refers to them as a uh, as a dog in a ghost costume. It was exactly right. <laughs> Shout out Cody Stutes for nailing that like weeks ago. So, all right, let's move on and talk about Kansas. I'm sure we have a really robust preview. You know, a lot of matchups to talk about. You really don't know what's going to go on in this game. You know, you know what they say: when OU and Kansas get on the field, throw out the records. Uh, so let's break down our Kansas preview. It's true, but it's not a good thing. I don't know why. What do you mean? You do that. I mean, no, yeah. we always play them terrible for at least two quarters. I don't know about that. I feel like we always beat them pretty solidly. Yeah, I, I, but the first well, quarter is always year. like yeah. last year was tough. Last year was tough, and then we obviously had that brutal. Okay, never mind. I, I shouldn't have scoffed at that because. We also had the Kyler year where we. Yeah, I thought you were being serious. From away. Yeah, no, I, I I was kidding, but now I look about it. Look at it. Yeah, it's tough, but look, I gotta say it is bad for Kansas. I, somehow they took a step back with uh, Les Miles, <laughs> as we've talked about in depth on our uh, Pickham shows. Uh, yikes, KU is bad. So Jameson, um, is, do you have anything nice to say about Kansas? Uh, you know, I guess uh, they've been really good in the return game this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I, they always find a way to get a return touchdown. Um, the guy um, that uh, returned the touchdown last week or versus Iowa State, Kenny Logan Jr., he also got an interception off Brock Purdy. So is he the player to watch moving forward for this game? We're pulling straws here, guys. There ain't much to say about Kansas. But let's just go. Kenny Logan Jr. at safety is the guy to watch. Hey, that works for me, man. I I don't know what there is to watch of Kansas. I, I'm just I, – I got to say, the biggest loser of this game is going to be the OU season ticket holder who, yes, this is your third game. You've had to wait till November to get your third game. <laughs> and your previous two games were Missouri State, which is hardly a football game, at a Kansas State game where OU blew it in epic proportion. So really not a lot of value here for the uh, <laughs> season ticket holder. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. But, hey, we have Bedlam next uh, on our home slate. And then it's garbage again because I guess it's uh, Baylor next after that. So 
really, really tough look for the season ticket holders. I, I'm sorry, f in the chat for the for the season ticket holders. Uh, it, it's it's gotten rough. Ty, are you excited? Are you are you excited about this when you get you're gonna go? You gonna go to Kansas? Yeah, so I am going. I have a I have a friend from the uh, from the military that is a recruiter in a Enid now. So I got him a, a ticket. We're gonna go. Uh, so that should be fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. We could lose. We we probably will. You know, it's, it's possible. It's you never know. That would be so twenty twenty OU to come back this hot streak. We're like, all right, we're back, and then we end up being Kansas's only win. Uh, but yeah, Kansas, previewing that he's going to pick them to cover. Kansas is garbage <laughs> this season, uh, and the only analysis I have on Kansas is uh, twofold. I guess one, whatever the grass is in Kansas that they're feeding less miles, not working for him. They need to get him some of that Louisiana grass that he likes to eat because uh, he did better there. And Puka Williams, uh, that is his name, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Second most overrated running back uh, in all of college football ever, uh, only behind what's his name from Oklahoma State, like their third string quarterback or, or, or running back, whatever his name is. <laughs> oh my! Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, we're an intelligent sports podcast. We know Chuba. <laughs> <laughs> we we can't we can't remember the name of probably. He's a top five Big 12 player entering the season. We should know that. Come it, on. Never against OU. He always has like 10 carries for 20 yards. He was great against us um, in, in Kyler's year. Like, because uh, they, they had. Shoot. No. Well, what, what was the name of that that running back they had that was insanely good? His um, brother went to Michigan. Dax, um, Dax Kyrie, Hill. Justice Hill. Justice Hill. Yeah. Justice, in the Justice Hill season, Justice Hill is nothing. And uh, Chuba just ate us up. So, you know, hey, it's something to look forward to in that game. But overall, look, we it's have, we have, we have nothing. We have, there's it's no relevant preview. There is no relevant Kansas talk. Uh, I, I, I guess just hope nobody gets hurt out there. Uh, I think the problem with Les is the uh, turf at KU is plastic. Oh, is it so turf? He's, yeah, he's yeah, probably oh, eating. He'd probably starve it. He's eating rubber pellets. <laughs> I, I don't know. KU though. This that, comes out all like looking like the emperor, like all malnourished and like wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. All right. Before we head out for the day, Jameson, I'm sure you know we got it. We gotta do it. Let's hit the music. Jamison. Yes. What is this? Jamison. This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Give us that the crude news. That was a great little edit. I didn't have my name in there. Um, so, yeah, the, the big news is, you know, we had plenty of emoji O's this week. And the whole question of who was it for? They were all for Billy Bowman. There was some speculation that it could have been another recruit. Um, that was the big O stream from all of the 2021 recruits. Um, and then Lincoln's O from yesterday, um, as in Sunday, was uh, for somebody else. No, it was it was for Billy Bowman, and he's a top 35 player in the nation. He's an athlete from Denton, Texas. Um, former teammates now with our ex-commit Drew Sanders, who's off at Alabama. Um, 
And honestly, this kid is special. Even though this was our, um, you know, our backup option, you could kind of say for Emeka Egbuka, um, we can't probably get him at all because of the visitation policies where you cannot unofficial or official visit. Um, and this is a hell of a backup. It's a hell of a backup of a player to get. Um, he's going to come in, probably play the wide receiver, um, but he is an absolute Swiss Army knife. He returns punts, kicks. Um, he's an aggressive cornerback. Um, if something doesn't work out for him, if he doesn't get the playing time he wants at the wide receiver position, throw him in a cornerback. He's got the skill to do that, and we've got we've the pedigree to show, like, you will play if you're doing well and you're young, a.k.a. Jaden Davis did it in his season. Um, Billy Bowman's going to be a great get for us. It was a guy that, you know, Caleb really, really wanted and recruited him hard. Um, and we got him in the boat. And now the big thing moving forward is he's throwing out being a big recruiter um, for other players. Um, he is teammates with Jatavian Saunders, who is uh, a five-star guy uh, for uh, Denton Ryan and is a Texas commit. And there is some rumblings, you know, how Texas had eons, multiple, multiples of decommits. Um, we'll get into that later. This is a very heavy Cruton corner. Uh, that Jatavian Sanders, their their best guy in their class by far, is leaning towards a decommit. Uh, there's something bad going on in Texas. <laughs> and I think we can know who that is. And I emphasis on who. Uh, and so now go, moving on from that, can Billy Bowman get him into the boat, get him over here? We've got a spot for him. We got a spot for him, even though we're not looking for a defensive end, five star athlete kind of guy. We'll take you. We'll take you if you want to come. So um, it's great for OU moving forward. Um, right now, just a little class outlook before I move on to 2022. Uh, now we're just kind of waiting on guys like Bryce Foster, the offensive guard um, from Texas. He's supposed to announce in December. Um, so it's up in the air between us and AM, and he's an AM legacy, but. Far as we know right now, he is an, um, an OU lean. Um, we're waiting on Kamar Wheaton as well, you know, running back um, out of Texas, five-star, the number one running back of the country. He's really, really quiet, does not really say much on Twitter or social media. Um, but as far as we know, we're still in the lead for him, and he can announce any time. Really, there is no timeline on him at all. Um, it will just come out of nowhere. And then Tristan Lee. Tristan Lee is the, next, the third biggest guy, you know, that we're waiting on, if not the biggest, you know, and he is an OU lean right now as well. And he does not have a timeline on him. Um, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen there. I don't feel like there's any rush with kids nowadays um, in this cycle because uh, unofficial signing day in December isn't going to be that big of a deal as it has been in the past because there might be some glimmer of hope that kids can still – um, visit come January and February. I highly doubt it. I I bet you still the majority of kids will sign in December. But yeah, let's move on to 2022. Uh, Quinn Ewers decommitted from Texas. Was a big time number one player in the nation in 2022. Yeah, just salt all in Texas's wounds. All these decommits. And it just feels so good. And if y'all remember, we talked about this guy. But pretty decent time ago because he was an OU lean and he was out of South Lake Carroll. And when Caleb Williams got in the boat, he didn't feel confident enough to go up behind him. You don't want to go number one quarterback in, um, in the recruiting class. And then the next number one recruiting quarterback, you know, they don't want to do that. They want to, they go on to come in and start as a redshirt freshman. It's going to be hard to do that. If you're going in behind Caleb Williams, um, for people that's hoping that we could get Quinn Ewers as well. I don't think we're going to get him. 
Um, unless something crazy happens, Caleb Williams doesn't come to OU, which is no shot. He's already in Norman. Um, Quinn Ewers is looking like he's more of a Ohio State lean. I think that was the reason he decommitted. I think he's developing a good relationship um, with the people up in Columbus. And the best wide receiver in the nation out of Texas that I've mentioned, Caleb Burton, looking like that. He's leaning towards Ohio State as well to follow him up there. Um, with our running, with our wide receiver room right now in 2022, we have three people, Taylor Chetron, um, Luther Burden and, um, Hudson. Uh, we are pretty much full, um, to look at, uh, another offensive running backs, us wide receiver guy you want to focus on for that class. A name that you want to know is Relique Brown out of modern day, California. Um, he will be that last spot in that kind of all purpose back slot wide receiver running back role. Um, wide receiver wise. But yeah, that was a lot. That was my rant. Um, but there was a lot in recruiting this, this week. Um, there's a lot to look forward to moving forward. Absolutely. And you know, it's always fun to see a Texas meltdown. Um, you know, any, anytime we get the Brian Carrington uh, old tweets, when, whenever we pull those back out, always, always a good time. Yeah. It's decommitment season. Uh, ooh, shush, shush them, shush them. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that is about all we have for today. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening and watching us uh, either live or, you know, on the replay. So it means a lot to us. And also, hey, thank you all you uh, podcast folks out there. You know, we we don't forget you giving me that sweet, sweet anchor money. Hey, I appreciate it. Just appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Um, but before we go, James, we are here recording on Anchor. Yeah, I swear <laughs> we, mention, we mention Anchor more than any other podcast that's out there on Anchor. We mention them every single week, other than that. Hey, yeah, I, I'm just saying, maybe maybe if I mention them enough, they'll give me an actual sponsor. You never know. But any thoughts before we uh, peace out? No. Yeah, I, there never is. I don't know why I ask every time. But. <laughs> Anyways. For me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. We will see you next time when we are talking about our picks. We have a massive slate ahead of us for our pick show. So can't wait for that. It's going to be exciting. So until then, stay safe out there. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner.